0: West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: The next verse, none that doeth good, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. That's talking about God's viewpoint of every person born into the world. There is no one born into this world perfect. There's no one who lives a perfect life. No one is righteous before God. So he says, all have sinned, the next statement, all have sinned. You notice these words, all, all, none, none. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. be short of God's perfection. See, God is perfect, and like we say, heaven is perfect. But man is not perfect. Man is a sinner. He's come short of perfection. Way short. He said, well, I was almost there. <laughs> no, you weren't. Not even close. The next verse, that are E. Wages of sin is death. So you know and understand a little bit about yourself. That's that old sinful nature that you have. That's what God calls in his word the old man. The old man. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So yes, we're all going to die, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's free. We earned the right to die, but we did not do anything to earn the right to have eternal life. So we earned the right to die, but not to have eternal life. We've done nothing for that. Because eternal life has to be a gift. And if it is the gift of God, then it could not be something we deserve. Wages is what you earned. You deserve it. We all die. We deserve to die. Look at the next statement. Romans chapter 9 and verse 8. Everyone born into the world, we are not the children of God. And that's why he says, that is they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. So everyone born of the flesh, God is not your father, and we're not all brothers and sisters in the Lord. You may wish you were, but it's not true. You're not a child of God until you're born into his family. (laughs) Look at the next statement. God says, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Say, you don't have a right to eternal life. You don't have a right to inherit the kingdom of God. To inherit means that you're in the line. It means that you are his child. No, we are his creation. Once we've trusted Christ as our Savior and are his children, then the Bible says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So we inherit, but not until we have the new birth. Not until we're born into God's family. So he says here, you cannot inherit the things of God. And he makes this statement in uh, letter H. Salvation is not of the flesh. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Children of the flesh cannot see or enter the kingdom of God without being born again. It means born from above. And, of course, as you read and study the Gospel of John, it keeps it clear that you must be born again. And it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So, marvel not that I said to thee, you must be. Now, there's things that a Christian God says that we should do this or we should do that. Well, a lot of things we should do. This is something you must do. Or you will not see the kingdom of God and you will not enter into the kingdom of God. So you must be born again. There is no exceptions. So if everyone who trusts Christ as Savior, they're born into God's family, they will enter it and they will see it. So look at the next page. The new nature. This is the one you received when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Remember, God did not change the old man. And this is why there's some people who don't understand the new birth is they think that you're still the old man who are making corrections. And that's why they like to use the word convert. Now you can use the word convert. And I've had people say that, you know, I'm Yankee's convert. Well, I'd rather you be the Lord's. But if you're a convert, you can take a, a garage and convert it into a living room. But when you did that, the garage is no longer there. It's into something else. So it's totally changed. So people believe that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, any man who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So therefore, if you say, I've trusted Christ, I'll are okay, your new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything now is new. So there's evidently all these new changes are going to be in your life. And then when they don't see them, then evidently you're not a very good convert because your life wasn't converted. You're supposed to live a converted life. It's changed. There's no change. So evidently, you're you're not saved. Because people look for that change and difference in a person's life. Well, what God is saying is something totally different. You see, there's this old man. Many preachers believe that when you get saved, God changes this old man. And so takes away his sinful desires and, and gives him this new spirit. So he don't want to do all those bad things anymore. So therefore, the, the, all these changes are going to take place because, you see, God took away his old sinful nature. They were eradicated. He's done away with. So now he's going to be totally different. And when they don't see that, then, well, he didn't mean business. And so that's why a lot of these people say, well, they can't live the life. They can't make these changes. And therefore, they would rather just die and go to hell than try to live a life of being a hypocrite. And that's because some preachers, because they don't understand it, they get them all messed up. Your old man, God never touches. Doesn't change it. What he does is he gives you something new. This new birth comes with new desires and all that. And if you satisfy these desires, they will grow. And if you don't, these will grow. You see, you're just making decisions about who controls the body. You've got one body, and both of these are living inside of this one body. So there's where your struggle goes. So that's why you can have the desire you want to serve the Lord, do right. At the same time, you don't. And so it's a battle. And many Christians never get victory in their Christian life. So look there at uh, the next page. If the gospel we preach does not make one perfect immediately upon the new birth from above, it is, it is totally ineffective in getting us to heaven. Why? Because if it doesn't make me perfect immediately, then I can't go to heaven yet. I'd have to wait until I have some progression in my life and I clean up my life and I stop something or join something. But if I trust Christ as my Savior and if it's good enough, and if it makes me perfect and qualifies me so I can get into heaven, it has to do it immediately. Because I'm not going to keep on trying to get saved and get saved and get saved. No, I got saved one time. Saved means I'm saved from hell. I ain't going there. I'm going to heaven when I die. That's a new birth. So in the book of Matthew in chapter 1 you'll see where it says and this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ and it goes through and it lists all these people but there's no deaths recorded there. But in this statement here I want you to see in Christ we all inherit a divine nature and live forever. Being born again has nothing to do with changing or improving the old man but the birth of a new man. That's what salvation is. Salvation is the birth of a new man. This new birth is born of God. It's a spiritual birth. You cannot see a spiritual birth. You can see your flesh birth, but the flesh birth isn't the one that's going to heaven. It's the spiritual birth that you have. Now look what he says here. Letter A, Jesus says you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Is he saying there's two different things here? I, evidently. Nicodemus says, um, "Lord, how can a man, you know, get back inside of his mom and be born again?" Evidently he didn't get it. He says, "How can you be a ruler in Israel and you don't understand these things? Because it's taught in the word of God and Even though you only had the Old Testament, evidently there's things that were taught in the Old Testament that help you understand this. I won't get into that right now. But he says, marvel not that I suddenly, you must be born again. There is no other way. See, this is the answer that Jesus gave at the beginning of his ministry under the law. Jesus was made of a woman under the law so he was under the dispensation of law and when jesus was here how did he say a man was to be saved did he say you had to keep the 10 commandments no he says you must be born again the law cannot save anybody never did law never made anybody perfect doesn't qualify it just lets you know you're a sinner the law only reveals all the weaknesses of the flesh It lets you know you are a sinner. Big time. You can't even keep the first commandment, let alone the other ones. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Come on. Do you really? Have you always? All you had to do is fail one time, not loving him supremely. All right, look at letter B. At the moment of receiving Christ... As many as received him, to them gave he the power, the authority, the right to become the sons of God, specifically tied even to them that believe on his name. Those that believe on his name, that's all you had to do. And when you talk about believing on his name, that name means something. The one who saves and keeps and provides and protects and defends and all that, that's all wrapped up in his name. See, they had named it meant something. I haven't figured out what Yankee means yet. Well, a little bit. I've dug a little bit. And uh, it's pretty good, you know. I am the symbol of America, you know. Arnold means strong as an eagle, you know, and that's the emblem of America. Man, you can't get any better than that, can you? But uh, you mean like a man's name was uh, Joe Rottengate. What would you think about it if you believed in his name? He probably had a gate that was what? Rotten. You know, like uh, William Shakespeare. He probably shook a wicked spear. Well, your name got to mean something, you know, a motto. Well, that comes from because he likes to eat tomatoes. (laughs) Aren't you Italian? Italians have tomatoes on everything. The sauce, you know, it's always. Didn't y'all invent the pizza? I love tomatoes. Oh, you do love tomatoes? But the name means love. (laughs) Now see that he has a different definition for his name. But when you believe in a name, so as he says here, as many that believe on him, when that very moment, when you believe it, then you should expect to receive it. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Okay, I believe that. Well, when should I expect to get everlasting life? Well, when I believe it. Hath, present tense, right now, hath everlasting life. Look at the next verse. Letter C, being born from above lasts forever. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. So it's showing you that it's a different birth altogether. It's not the flesh being transformed. It's not the flesh being converted. That's why you have to watch some of the preachers that talk about, you know, you need to be converted. Well, what do you mean? Define your term. I always like people to define your term. I talk to people sometimes, and they say, "Well, I've been saved." I said, "Where did you find that? What do you mean by that? I'm trusting Christ as my savior. What do you tell me what do you what do you mean by that?" It's amazing you'll find out we're not on the same page. We don't mean the same thing. Even to the point of, "Oh, you have everlasting life." Uh, tell me how how long is that? Well, until you sin again, you know, huh? So you don't. Just automatically believe what people say. You've got to ask questions. Asking questions can reveal an awful lot about things. But look what he says here. He says, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You were born of God by something that lives and abides forever. That's the new birth. That's why once you trust Christ as your Savior and it's born by the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever, how long will your new birth last? Forever. See, if you don't see that, then you're going to see all they think about is this old man getting dedicated to God. This old man stopping some of his bad things and this old man trying to conform to the image of Christ by committing himself to the Lordship of Christ. And if he does it long enough, he's going he to make it. That's not the Bible. Has nothing to do with what the Bible says. The Bible is talking about a totally separate new birth. And if you don't get this one, it don't matter what you do over here. It won't matter how many sins you turn from, how much you commit your life to Christ, ask Him to come into your heart, liver, lungs, and eyeball, or what. It don't matter. Nothing matters. You've got to have the new birth. And it must be because born by the word of God. This new one is what lasts forever. You say, well, if I still sin in my life, that's a sign that I'm not saved. No, when you sin in your life, that's a sign that the old man is still there. Look at the next verse. Letter D, those born of God cannot sin. 1 John 3, 9. Look what he says. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. And it doesn't mean he doesn't practice sin. It means he cannot commit one single act of sin because the very next words tell you that. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now you'd be surprised how many different versions or our translation change that verse because they just can't believe that means that. But that verse means exactly what it says. Which one of these is born of God? That one is born of God. This one cannot sin. Not one single act. Because it's born of God. This is the one that was born of a corruptible seed. This is the one that's got an old sinful nature. This is the one that sins. God didn't do anything about that one. He gave you a new birth. This one's the one that's saved. This is the one that's going to heaven. One of these days, you're going to die physically so sinful nature see this old man he lives inside of this body and when the body is dead he's gone so look at letter E letter E you are seen by God as in the spirit this is how God sees you when God looks upon you but ye are not in the flesh he doesn't see you in the flesh he sees you in the spirit that doesn't mean that you're spiritually minded It just means that's the position that you have in Christ. You see, this one is born of the Spirit of God. This one is born of the flesh. Once you trust Christ as Savior, God doesn't see you in the old man. He sees you in the new man. As the new man. The spiritual birth. That's how God sees you from now on. You're his child. His children inherit what the Father has. But God says the old man of the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit inherit the kingdom of God. The new birth can. This one can't see the kingdom of God or enter into the kingdom of God and that's why he says you must be born again. So when you're born again, God gives you the new birth, you have indwelling you the Holy Spirit of God. Now look what he says here. But ye are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Why? Because your birth is born of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer. See, in John chapter 7, it makes a statement. On that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. But see, he hadn't been glorified yet. The Spirit hadn't been given yet, but every man who believes receives the Holy Spirit, and in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, that whenever you believe on Jesus Christ, the very moment you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise." Now look at the last verse. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 17. "You are a new creation in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. The one that's born of God in Christ. This is the new birth. This new birth is new. Everything about this new birth is new. All things are new. The old thing is all old. Old thing, the condition, is passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, people who don't get this say here you are and all you have is this old man and you're transferring all those bad things for some of the a new way to live and if you don't live right that's because you uh, you didn't really mean business because you still sin you got still you still got those, you're still smoking cigarettes and you're lying and doing things wrong and losing your cool and that's just a sign that you're a lost man but that's not what the bible says so when you take that verse out of its context this is talking about that which is new. And as you study the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, it tells you some of these things that are new. So now that you're in Christ, this is the new birth. And what God wants you to have is new knowledge. That's why it says the lost man, the natural man, does not discern the things of God because They're spiritually discerned, and he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. But when you trust in Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells you and teaches you all these new things from God. Because, see, God wants this one to live by something new, by the Word of God itself. And so that you'll have new thoughts and new results in your life. And so this is why God says in 2 Corinthians 5 that he makes this statement. For the love of Christ constraineth and motivates us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. That they which live should, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for him and rose again. So those who have trusted Christ as Savior, yes, we should live for the one who died for us. But if you don't, it never affects the new birth. It's still a child of God. You're still going to heaven. But you're not going to get out of your life the things that God wanted you to receive. There's a purpose in living. There's a reason why God does what he does. You say, well, will I still sin? What happens then? Well, see, if you walk in the flesh, means after the flesh. That's why you'll notice, even in the King James, it makes this very clear. There's a difference in walking in the flesh and walking after the flesh. The lost man walks in the flesh. The saved man walks after the flesh, as you read down through the book of Romans chapter 8. So a Christian can walk after the flesh because of your choice and what you're doing. If you walk after the flesh, you're going to produce the works of the flesh. And your heavenly Father is going to chasten you and discipline you. Now, if you walk in the Spirit and fulfill the desires of the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You always have them. You'll always have that feeling of rebellion and vengeance and hatred and, you know, jealousy and envy. You name the sin, it's all right there. So what you have to do is let this one become stronger than this one so that you can have victory in your Christian life. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallow represents sin. The Bible says we all have sin on us. This represents the world, everybody, all have sinned and come short of God's perfection. Nobody's qualified to get to heaven. We're all in the same boat, and God says to go to heaven, we'd have to be perfect as righteous as God, and nobody's perfect. We've all sinned and come short of God's perfection. God says you can't earn your way to heaven. It's not by anything that you do. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from God. So what Christ did for one person, he did for all. He took all the sin of all the world and paid for it. Came back from the dead. And God from the very beginning had already then planned salvation for man. And he said that he has already determined before any man was born, before he did any good, or before he did any bad, he's going to save all of those that will believe that Christ did it for them. And if you'll believe he did it for you, God has already given his word. See, when I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was 18 years old, God had to save me. He promised. He has to keep his word. And he says that He'll never cast me out and never lose me. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did for me. Nothing else. Nothing else. So telling people the truth, good thing or bad thing. You see, most preachers think they can't hold their people if they tell them the truth. So they let them live in fear, you've got to live the life. You've got to go to church. You've got to give you money because what do most preachers want? They want the members and they want the money. They don't care anything about the soul you're not here to impress me and I'm not here to impress you I'm here to teach the truth whether people like it or they don't like it Christ did it all paid for all of our sins for everybody in the world and he says preach the gospel to every creature because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning, maybe you've heard all of this, but you never understood. Maybe you've never really trusted Christ as your Savior. Would you trust Him and Him alone? Don't trust in your life. Don't look at your life and say, well, I know I'm saved because I go to church or I do this and I do that. That's not the reason. That's not the evidence that you're saved. A lost man can do all of those things. Would you trust him and him alone? Would you believe he died because he loved you? And if you'll trust him as your savior, he would give you eternal life. Would you believe that? I'm going to ask in just a moment for a raise of hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But a while ago, I asked for people to raise their hand if they trusted Christ as savior. Well, maybe you, you couldn't honestly do that. But I want to give you the chance. You see, it is your decision. It's an important decision. Determines your destination. So when the quietness of this moment, just between you and the Lord, would you just say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I believe Christ died and paid for my sins, and right now I will trust Jesus Christ as my only hope of going to heaven. And preacher, I'd like for you to pray for me. So would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down as anyone at all? Anyone at all, So, yes, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven and I'll trust Christ as my Savior right now. Anyone at all? If you trust trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. Be aware of the teachings of Calvinism. It's subtle sometimes, but it's deadening. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to teach your word and help us to have a, a greater respect for the payment you made. You see, it was it was bigger than most people think. It covered more people than most people think. Your grace has been extended to more people than most people think. Because, Father, you do say by grace. Whosoever calls, whoever believes, we thank you for it. Bless each person here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that
0: faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316,
1: Tampa, Florida, 33634. Three, Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up.
0: Amazing grace. Amazes me.